Interviewing can get a bit awkward. Allie Ward, who hosts the hit show Ologies, is here to help us unawkwardify ourselves. Because that is now a word. And to make us all feel better, she's going to walk us through an interview she totally bombed. Cue the awkward music. Welcome to The Pod Lab, a podcast movement original series. I'm Doug Frazier, producer and host of NPR's What We Do. Today, we're dipping our toes in the warm waters of interview advice goodness. Now, before we experience Allie's expertise on the subject, let's get into the Pod Lab tip of the week. Interviewing people may get awkward, but being interviewed sucks, right? Your hands get clammy, you, you feel the spotlight's on you, and you have to perform. Well, here are three simple tips to give your guests and you a better experience. Number one, do your homework. If you come prepared, your guests will feel respected. You'll also be able to ask more informed questions on the fly because you have the knowledge you need right there in your pocket. Number two, look for clues. Breadcrumbs leading to a good story are all around your interview, so keep your ears peeled for these four clues. Number one, something unpredictable happened. Number two, the interviewee experienced a significant change. Number three, they overcame a massive obstacle, or number four, they learned a valuable lesson. Tip number three, commit to curiosity. Being curious isn't enough. You really have to commit to it. And when you commit and do it in a genuine manner, you create a safe, confident space for your guest. Try expressing authentic curiosity, and you'll be amazed at the intimate details people will share with you. Sometimes a little too intimate. That could be awkward as well, but, but hey, it's better to go to that side of the spectrum than the side where you have nothing. Now it's time for this week's Podcast Movement community question. If you'd like to be featured on the show, send your question to thepodlabpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, PodLab, my name is Jill, and I host the Sober Powered Podcast, where I discuss addiction science and psychology. So my question is, what is a better way to start off an interview than the generic, thank you for coming on my show, and then they say, thanks for having me, and then you ask them to tell the audience about themselves. I feel like when I start interviews, I don't really know the best way to go about it than just doing that, and that's not the most engaging thing to do. So what's a better way to get them to tell their story without being so generic and awkward about it? And thank you guys for taking my question. I'm really excited to hear your answer. Thanks for that great question, Jill. To help answer it, let's chat with Allie Ward. Allie hosts Ologies, a comedic science show named one of Time Magazine's top 50 podcasts. She also appears in the Netflix science series Brainchild, is an Emmy award-winning science correspondent for Henry Ford's Innovation Nation with Mo Rocca. She also co-founded the science communication collective Nerd Brigade and has done a bunch of other incredible and incredibly interesting things. Allie was kind enough to squeeze a few minutes with us before her interview with a fella named Neil deGrasse Tyson. Maybe you've heard of him. So let's hop into things and hear what Allie has to say about turning down awkwardness in interviews. 
That's a great question. So many podcasts I listen to, it's always like, I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here. And I feel like that's also how every conference call kind of starts. And so it it does feel pretty awkward. So this is a good question. Um, I always start mine with, I come into it after an intro and I use my intro as like a, ah, here's the person you're going to meet. So I really like pump them up and I give the bio in the intro. That way I can say, all the really flattering things about them without them going, oh, shucks, you know? And so I use the intro as really that bio. And then I, I fade into it right when I'm, I say something like, usually something kind of silly, like if it's a lightning expert, I usually am like, you're a fulminologist. Does anyone ever call you that? And a lot of times they're like, no, I've never even heard that. Or I ask them something that is a little bit more personal so that the first kind of bite you get of them is a little bit more icebreakery, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That easing into it, I think, um, from my experience as well, has been like the way to go. Like the small talk feels like it doesn't have a purpose until Uh you don't have small talk and you're like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It's it's a nice little buffer. (laughs) Yeah. But I definitely think the I'm so excited to hear. I'm excited too. like that's just the fact that uh, you are identifying that that is a little bit awkward for listeners is like you're way ahead of a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. You you started Ologies back in I think 2017. Yeah. Has your has your confidence in interviewing changed since then? No. No. no? <laughs> so so how do you feel when you're going into an interview? Usually I'm usually I'm fangirling a little bit, but I think that that's kind of good. Um my confidence I guess my confidence has gone up a little bit, but you know, the way that I always approach it is just think of it like a dinner party. I don't even think of it like an interview. You know, I guess that's part of it. Like I don't feel confident because I almost don't even consider it a skill. I consider it like an experience. Um, And I think if I think I'm on the job, am I getting good questions? Then I'll be too much in my head. But if I'm like, pretend this is a dinner party and I'm just really stoked to talk to this person, which I usually am, um, and approach them like a person instead of a gig, you know? And so a lot of times if I'm about to ask a question that I'm afraid is stupid or silly or below them, it usually ends up being a good question. So I'm like, I usually just let myself fire away, you know? What do you do about eye contact? (laughs) Do you have rules for that for yourself? Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? Before the pandemic, I used to interview every single person in person. I That was like a rule. I would travel all over the country. I did a whole Midwest tour. I drove to Fargo, North Dakota just for one person. And then pandemic, I was like, oh, this is so weird. I don't, I don't get to be in a room with someone. And so a lot of my interviews are are actually just audio. And so that's changed a little bit. And um I'm really excited about getting back into one into in person because a lot of times I'm giving visual cues that are like, I'm listening, I'm listening, go on. And over just audio, those have to be a little bit more auditory. So then it's like, oh, which is a little bit interrupty. So I'm excited about getting back into a room with someone. I guess the one cheat that you get when it's audio only is you can have questions in front of you and it's oh, not yeah. awkward. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. Sometimes I do have them on my laptop, even if I'm in front of someone because like, surprise, I have questions. It's it's not like, you know, it's not like you're giving a, an impromptu speech or something, you know, you, it's a totally okay to use questions. And I think a lot of times like let your curiosity guide you and think of it, 
yeah, less like a job and more like an experience. What do you, what do you actually want to know? What questions pop up that you didn't think you'd have? Go ahead and ask them because our job as an interviewer is to be a proxy for the audience. So if something pops up in our head, chances are it's popping up in a listener's head, even if it's silly or even if it's stupid. And some of the first interviews I did, I was asking a volcanologist about her field work. And in my head, I was thinking like, where does she pee? And then I was like, well, I'll well ask, you know, and then I found out a lot about where you pee on a volcano. So these kinds of things are, um, sometimes on the minds of the listener. So let them, yeah, fire them, off, fire them off. Does it create an awkward moment? Or do you find that when you ask questions like peeing about on, on volcanoes, that they're actually like, oh, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, I think it's kind of nice. I think it's like, oh, this isn't, it stops feeling like a job interview and feels more like a hangout, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't think I've ever had someone tell me like, that's really none of your business. Um, because I think... <laughs> For my work too, especially I'm interviewing scientists, a lot of times we just use scientists for their sound bites that have statistics in them and we don't get to know them as a person. And, um, you know, in this particular case where she's talking about addiction and recovery, that those are really personal issues. And I think asking the more human questions of what happens if, or is it normal to feel this way? A lot of times you being vulnerable as an interviewer and asking your true curiosity coming from a place of true curiosity really helps the audience because you really are a stand-in for their own brains. So I think relaxing and bringing, bringing yourself to it as if you're at a backyard barbecue and you just happen to sit down with a corn cob next to the most interesting person there um, and they're done eating their corn cob. So it's okay for them to talk a bit. <laughs> it's the, kind of the best vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're coming up on our time here and I want to make sure you have plenty of prep time for Neil, but I have one last question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever just straight up bombed an interview? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. My worst interview. You ready for this story? It's so bad. Hit me. Um, so uh, there was a guy, biogerontologist. He studies aging in turtles and in humans. Happens to be in LA. I'm in LA. I ask him, he says, sure, come on down. Caleb Finch, Dr. Caleb Finch. He's a legend in his field. I go down there. I've got my questions. It's a small, stuffy office. I'm nervous. Palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti, the whole thing, right? And so I sit down. I'm having this interview. Number one, I was like, can I just get you to lean into the mic a little bit? And he goes, no, it's uncomfortable. So the mic was like here the whole time. And I was like, I'm not, he's, I was like, okay, my sound, sound people are going to hate me. And then on top of that, I would ask some of those silly questions and I forget, I think I said, well, it's funny. Uh, you know, a lot of us think this, you know, it's not funny. That's not funny. It's not true. You know? And so he was reprimanding me during this. And I was like, he hates me. He fucking hates me. And oh. so, um, and as soon as I turn off the recording, he goes, that was great. That was great questions. And I was like, oh, I just turned off the recording and I find out the whole time he was having a great time. He was just so dry. I thought he was going to like literally usher me out in the middle because he, the way that I, the way he was reprimanding the questions I was asking was just like savage. And um, I was so surprised. He was like, that was great. Thanks so much. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, then I left and I realized that I left my printout of questions sitting on my chair in his office. And one of the questions is, is it weird for you to be so old? <laughs> Which I did not ask that question. He's like 78 years old. And I was, I meant to ask, like, I would have phrased it. 
how is it studying aging and having such a long career yourself? You know, what tips do you have for aging so gracefully? But instead I just wrote it quickly. Is it weird to be so old? So I don't know if you ever found my papers or not, but um, in the middle of that episode, if you go listen to biogerontology, there was an aside that I put in that's like, does this guy fucking hate me? And I got a lot of listeners to be like, oh my God, when you put that aside, everyone at the same time right before that was thinking, God, does this guy fucking hate her? And so that aside is sort of like, I don't know. But yeah, the big surprise was that he had a great time, but you would not know it listening to the interview. You've got to have him back on. I know, right? Round two I- and ask him. If he read the paper. Oh, God. Oh, I would just be wilting under the couch, wilting <laughs> under the couch. But yeah, I I certainly, um, yeah, I certainly fell out of my element in that one. And yeah, I've, had, I've definitely asked some questions that are, you know, not the smartest, but that's okay. That's how you get simple answers that the layperson can understand. I can't imagine a time when I don't want to make this show. It's just, I never, ever thought that a podcast could be so liberating you can be so vulnerable. You have so much control creatively. Make, 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 make. Even if it's hard, you'll get through it. It gets easier. And just pick a topic that you love and it never gets old. <laughs> well, great advice like all around. Thank you so much for all of that. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. It really is an honor to be asked this stuff. Keep asking questions, everyone. That's the only way anyone learns anything and we're all going to die anyway. That does it for this week at the Pod Lab. If you'd like to be featured on a future episode, send your questions to thepodlabpodcast at gmail.com. And when you get a moment, would you mind leaving an honest review? It really helps other listeners discover the show. Until next time, keep experimenting. The Pod Lab is a podcast movement original series produced and hosted by me, Doug Frazier. <laughs>